This is the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, joined by my good buddy, Adam Emmert. Just a down and dirty emergency podcast because there's actually news. Following a whole bunch of rumors surrounding Frank Clark this week, the Seahawks get a deal done. He is traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Seahawks get the 29th pick in the first round of the 2019 draft coming up this Thursday. So two picks in the first round now, but they're going to be having to fill behind the role of Frank Clark and uh, his 13 sacks last season. The Seahawks also get a 2020 second round pick from the Chiefs. And in addition, they swap uh, Seattle moves down to the 29th pick in the third round where the Chiefs were and the Chiefs get the Seahawks 21st pick in the third round. So the main compensation here is the the first rounder this year, the second rounder next year. And Frank Clark is going to the Kansas City Chiefs on a five year, one hundred five million dollar deal with sixty three million dollars guaranteed. Well, there you go. I don't even know why you needed. <laughs> I, I covered it all. Yeah, right there. No, it's funny because it's easy for me to say now. I wish we had done a pod as these rumors were going around. Uh, we just hadn't sat down and done it about the idea of Frank being traded for a first round pick. And I mean, out of all the ones that we've heard over the last few years, we're like, no, that ain't happening. <laughs> like, you know, that's all just stupid, you know, fake news, whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, that would be one where I'd be like, yeah, that's believable. If uh, if they got a decent first, like I, I could see that happening. Well, here's the reason why it was believable this time and why in past years it's not so believable. To me, it's because if you find out about a trade with the Seahawks, you find out about it when it happens. You know, all you have to do is go back to the Jimmy Graham trade and Max Unger. You did not see that coming. It was just here's the news. It's out there. It's done. And there it is. Now, they have these discussions over the years around particular players. The unique situation this time and something that as Seahawks fans we haven't seen in the past is that Frank Clark had signed a franchise tag. Mm-hmm. And when you when you're under the franchise tag, that player has to sign the tag to be able to be traded. So there's a right. lot of stuff going on in the background that has to happen that makes a lot of sense to me that would that you'd start seeing media reports because he has to he has to agree to be traded. He has to agree to a deal before he's traded. And then the deal has to happen. And that's why if this didn't happen leading up to the draft on Thursday, it wasn't going to happen. It had to happen in the days before because you're not going to be able to make all those negotiations while your team is on the clock. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And you said the main draft compensation was the first rounder and the second rounder. But you forgot to leave out the compensation that might mean the most. Five years, $105 million for yeah. Frank Clark. <laughs> That's a ton of money. So before the contract deals had come out and I just saw that he'd been traded for just a first, I was like, okay, like I can live with that. That makes some sense. Him going into the, uh, this year under the franchise tag, seeing the way that the market has been going for pass rushers. I was like, boy, I just don't know that Frank Clark's the kind of guy that I want to kind of invest that kind of money into because the pass rushing contracts are just as absurd as the quarterbacks contracts. There's, you know, two top guys that get paid in the, in the league quarterbacks and the guys who can go get quarterbacks. Right. And you, you saw that happen here today. So after seeing the money, after seeing they get the second rounder as well next year, I'm sitting here looking at that going, boy, the Seahawks got out at probably the exact right time on this. It, you know, two, three years early, right? I'm Frank Clark. It, it feels a little Belichickian that way. 
personally, I'm having a hard time with this one because I I was to the point to where I was I was okay with Frank Clark under the franchise tag and and that particular amount. And I think that, you know, had the Seahawks been able to extend him for an average salary right around this year's franchise tag amount, that would have made a lot of sense to me. And so when I think back of of where this could have gone for for the Seahawks, because there was a lot of negotiations right before the franchise tag deadline. Historically, Seattle hasn't franchise tag players. They've they've been very fair, I thought, about the types of contracts that they give their players who are in their long term plans. And leading up to that franchise tag deadline, it felt like Frank Clark was in the team's long term plans. And it makes me wonder that you know, when exactly that changed. Did that change when they saw the type of deal that Demarcus Lawrence got for the Cowboys and Frank Clark was looking at that going, yeah, I want that. And they're going, yeah, that's that's really not what was in our plans was that amount of money. And because one, Demarcus Lawrence has been on the franchise tag for a full year now. He waited his turn. And so that's his number now. You're not at that number. But as we saw, the Chiefs willing to give up picks and give him that Demarcus Lawrence size contract. Right. So clearly the league values him at Demarcus Lawrence type money. Yeah. Because that's what the, the market has dictated here. And so you know that Frank Clark's agent leading up to this when he was tagged and all of that stuff, he was waiting to see where Clowney was going to come in, where Demarcus Lawrence was going to come in. So that would set the bar for Frank Clark's contract. These They've gone almost out and said that very thing right there. And so they weren't in any hurry to get a, a deal done because it's only going to go up. And basically, you heard Frank Clark say at first, well, I'm fine playing under the tag because then next year I'll just, you know, make even more bank. Right. So, uh, you know, he would have gotten even more than this next year, clearly, because the, the league obviously values him at five years, one hundred and five million dollars. Now, at that kind of amount. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, there's there's no way I'm paying. And I like Frank Clark. I think there's here's the thing. I think you can feel two ways about this simultaneously. And I think this is where most people are having issues. I like Frank Clark. I am bummed out. He's not on the team. I think this is a good move (laughs) and it was, it needed to be done because there's no way I'm paying a defensive lineman that kind of money. You talk about allocating a huge percentage of your cap to one position. Like people are wringing their hands over the Russell Wilson thing. Well, I'd much rather do that for one of the top five quarterbacks, not for any of the ones below that more so than a defensive lineman. We've seen those big contracts get doled out to defensive linemen, whether that's JJ Watt and Dominican Sue, you know, over the years and the team is then hamstrung. That's, that's one of the worst positions to spend that kind of money. And you see Bill Belichick follow that same exact game plan unloads on Jamie Collins. Instead of paying him, I'll just go find another guy. Trey flowers comes up, unloads him in the middle of his prime, right? Yeah. There's always a dude in the draft and being short on draft capital this year and everything and, you know, trying to build towards next year. It sounds like they're going to get a couple compensatory picks for next year, as well as this second round pick. They're going to have a draft that's loaded uh, next year. And that's what you need to do going forward with Russell's contract being so big. I'd ask yourself one question, Brandon. Do you want to pay Frank Clark, Jimmy G money? Because that's what this is. Roughly 26 a year and Jimmy G around 27 a year. Just as you don't want to pay the wrong quarterback big money, you don't want to pay the wrong defensive lineman big money. So in that way, it kind of 
Frank Clark isn't a top five defensive lineman. He might be a top five pass rusher. Maybe. I mean, on two bad elbows, you can say that. Yeah. I mean, what if he what if he's healthier next year? And and he is going into his prime. So I think the Chiefs are getting a good player here. I don't see this. You know, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I'm looking at this and the way that my defense performed last year, rather than picking at number 29 overall and not having any type of idea what pass rusher is still going to be available. 29th overall on the board in the first round. It makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs. And and they had the the cap space apparently to do it, sending D Ford. I, I think the problem with Chiefs fans is that they say, "Well, wait a second. We gave up similar production for D Ford, sent him away, didn't get nearly the compensation back, and now we're turning it around and giving up a first round pick to get Frank Clark, who you know it's it seems like a wash in terms of a player between D Ford and Frank Clark. How old is D Ford? He's he's three years older." That that's why it's not a wash, right? And you see Frank Clark on the ascension, and you see D Ford kind of being the same player year in and year out. He is what he is now, and and also you've seen Clark play through injury where you haven't seen that with Ford, right? So I I honestly think it's a good move for the Kansas City Chiefs. They're going all in with their star quarterback on a rookie contract. That's what they're doing. That's one of the models to win a Super Bowl, right? And so they're doing it. They're basically pulling a Rams from last year. And it makes sense. I can see how it makes sense from both sides. <laughs> and I, I agree with you that while I understand it, I, I don't have to really like it, but I don't hate it. So it's it's really uh, and especially going into, you know, leading up to this draft, we talked a lot about how many defensive linemen there are in this class. And so it makes sense that the Seahawks willing to kind of roll the dice. And another reason why I'm okay with it is just how proven the Seahawks have been at scouting and acquiring talent on the defensive line. A lot like how they've been with cornerbacks. You know, you get a corner in the fifth round, sixth round, and they're able to turn him into a Pro Bowl caliber guy. And along the defensive line, you know, when nobody wanted Michael Bennett, when nobody wanted Cliff Averill, you know, Frank Clark slides all the way to the second round. And Jamie Martin, you know, a sixth rounder that they get last year able to produce uh, productively in his rookie season. They've done a really good job at at scouting guys on the defensive line. I have a lot of trust uh, on that side of the ball where I don't have the trust on the offensive side uh, on the offensive line side of the ball. Right. They seem to be better to building on the defensive side of the ball. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. And I, I really think that this is a good move for the Seahawks going forward. I, you said don't pay the wrong defensive lineman a bunch of money. Boy, I would say pay almost no defensive lineman like top tier money like that. Yeah. I mean, unless unless you have one of two names on uh, New Jersey, one would be Lawrence Taylor <laughs> and the other would be Reggie White. If your name isn't that, I don't you know. don't pay him that kind of money. Aaron Donald's up there. No, not no, not yet. I, I think I would pay Aaron Donald. I might even pay Cleo Mack. I'd be more inclined. Boy, that's tough. I don't know. Those two guys are close, but I mean, again, I, do, I just don't know. I mean, J.J. Watt, again, is close to that level, right? It, when he was in his prime and he got his $100 million oh, yeah. deal. Yeah. And I was like, I don't, I don't know that. I remember saying it on the pod. I didn't like that deal for the Texans. Yeah. And it hasn't worked out for him. No. Well, it is working out for Frank Clark. He gets a big deal. He gets to go to Kansas City. And on the way out, uh, 
he talked to Josina Anderson, who posted some quotes on Twitter saying, I feel like I'm good. I wanted to be somewhere where I'm wanted, where I'm appreciated. I thank God that Casey came in and showed that in life. You just want to be shown that you are appreciated sometimes. And I feel like this was just one of those things. They had other plans. It got to the point where Seattle had used me for everything I had for them already. At the end of the day, it's a business. Look at the history. When you're playing in Seattle, it's not uncommon that they plan to have players around for the long run. It's obvious. It's evident. But I'm blessed and thankful to be part of their organization. John Schneider and Pete Carroll drafted back in 2015. It just sucks. We weren't able to get something done because they knew how I felt about being in Seattle and how I felt about my future. And I feel like at the end of the day, it was all ignored. But it is part of the business and you have to play your cards right in this game. Yeah, these are the type of quotes that drive me Catfish. being crazy. <laughs> Like I, the, I, I love Frank. I think he's, I think he's a nice enough guy. And I was happy he's on the team, and I appreciate his time here. But when players say that sort of crap, it drives me insane. Well, I just want to be somewhere that I would be appreciated <laughs> and and valued and where I was wanted. You don't think the Seahawks wanted you? They probably wanted you and wanted to pay you somewhere around Trey Flowers money, yeah. you know, like in the seventy four million dollar total range, not one hundred and five. It's not that you weren't valued. It's not that they didn't want you. It's that you played hardball and wanted a quadrillion more dollars. And good for you. You went and you got it. But don't sit there and wring your hands and lament on how it's a business and the team is so hard and like wouldn't pay you. Give me a catfishing break. Yeah, I think there's a difference between respecting at a certain level and respecting at an even higher level. Like it doesn't mean you're being disrespected. It just means you're. <laughs> You're not being because you know, because in the NFL, money equals respect. Right. And does it? I, I feel like they uh, I think that's where the uh, the equation is for a lot of players. I find that to be weird in a way, but OK, I can understand it. And if you're into maximizing your value and that's what you want to do, that I don't feel bad for a player who leaves town because they want to get the most money like they've earned that you know, obviously yes, absolutely. obviously because the chiefs are willing to pay frank clark this amount of money that's what he's worth well then don't tell me you're you're not appreciated <laughs> right like j- just be honest about it and be like look they offered me x amount of dollars which is a boatload <laughs> like i would take one of 75 million dollars and freaking retire right yeah i'd be done from like life i could get that done and like. Uh, no, $75 million a year wouldn't show any appreciation. Like, give me a break. Like, just come out and say it. Be like, I just wanted to maximize how much money I could get. And the Seahawks looked at it and said, this is as much as we could give you. I thought I could get more. And then they orchestrated a trade to a team that was willing to give me top dollar. Like, thank you. Instead of, I wish I could have been somewhere where I was appreciated and wanted. Right. <laughs> From the perspective that it can be a bummer that you expected, if you're Frank Clark, you want that amount of money and you don't want to have to move. So you want both things, but you can't, you know, it it, it didn't work out to where you could have both. I thought I heard a song once. It went something like you can't always get what you want. Yeah. Well, you know, like you don't always get it all. You don't. I mean, I I get that you've been a relatively entitled athlete your entire life career and life to this point like maybe it feels like you always should get what you want but sometimes you don't that's not like you're going to a bad situation boy boohoo for frank clark he has to go and play for the chiefs with the mahomes and uh probably have a good shot of going to the super bowl this year 
yeah. and 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 have the Brinkstrup back up to his new home in Kansas City and just dump cash on his front lawn. Boo catfishing who? I'm not feeling bad for Frank Clark. He's he's doing all no. right. <laughs> and I'm happy for him. I just don't want him to complain on the way out the door. <laughs> right. Yes. This this worked out very well for you. Yeah. And thank you for your time here. We didn't just use you for everything that you had to offer. Yeah. Like Seahawks were in negotiations with you. Tried to pay you the franchise tag money for one year. So then you could go get a bite at the apple again the next year. Like then did you a solid by sending you to KC? Well, what a franchise that doesn't want you or appreciate you. You bet. Yeah. He's lucky he didn't end up with the Jets. Although the Seahawks, you know, it, it didn't hurt John Schneider to ask the Jets to trade the third overall pick for Frank Clark. I, I'm sure that wasn't, you know, clearly they weren't interested, but uh, it doesn't hurt to ask. <laughs> yeah, doesn't hurt to ask. Hey, do you want do you want to make this happen? No. OK, uh, well, we'll move down the list. And ultimately, that's three quarters of all the trade rumors out there. Yeah, I think we I think that was it. Everybody just like one GM call another and being like. Yeah, so I'll trade you, I don't know, say my backup center for Tom Brady. What do you think? What do you think, Bill? Uh, no. Like, that's, that's most of the, the, these rumors, how they get started. Well, that's not rumors. That's actually, that actually is news. That, these calls are actually happening. Right. We just have to try and decide which ones are uh, legitimate and which ones are, well, you know. they, they Illegitimate. Are, yeah, they could bastard, all have some truth Bastard rumors. <laughs> well, this one... This was one of the real deals, one of the biggest trades now that the Seahawks have made since trading for Jimmy Graham. And there mm-hmm. there's some significant risk that comes along with this because picking at number 21 at number 29, you're not guaranteed to find the type of pass rusher that's given you the kind of production that Frank Clark has over the past few years. Oh, correct. That's one thing that you have to look at from the Seahawks side of things is now there is a gigantic hole at pass rusher. I mean, we were feeling a little light at that position with Frank. Yeah. Now, now you have an even larger hole to fill, but you have Russell Wilson under contract for the next five years. You're about to extend B wags. You're about to extend Jaron Reed. Like, do you think the Seahawks are looking at this as win next year or are they on another three year plan here? Uh, maybe another four year plan and we're on year two. Last year being the start of it. It depends on how many pass rushers you draft with your two first round picks. Now there, there's no way on God's green earth. They're spending both those picks in the first round. There's no way. None. You don't think so? (laughs) Come on, man. Hey, you can, there's room to trade back from number 21 to number 27 or 28 to still have two guys in the first round. Although the chiefs were one of those, the chiefs were one of those teams that was being talked about an awful lot as wanting to move up to that number 21 pick. Now they don't have the ammunition to do that. Well, who knows? I mean, who knows which teams want to move up or down? Yeah. Like whether it's the 21st pick or the 29th pick, the Seahawks are going to trade back from at least one of those picks, pick up yet one more pick. Now you have six picks in the draft and now you have a real draft. Yeah. Whereas you started with four going into this whole draft process and you picked up an extra pick for next year. Plus, according to Bleacher Report, they get four comp picks next year. Yeah, they've they've definitely set it up for themselves to get four comp picks. Uh, of course, we won't find out until next January or February. But uh, just the way they've approached free agency by allowing players to leave and not going out and signing some of the biggest names that allows them to have, you know, potentially a, a third rounder, a fourth rounder, a sixth and seventh rounder in terms of comp picks next year. 
I'm not super high on the whole comp pick idea because they've never really done anything with the comp picks. Um, Malcolm, I'm with you. Malcolm Smith is probably the biggest name to come out of a comp pick. And he was a guy that they got in the seventh round and probably could have got as a priority free agent. So, yeah. Also a Super Bowl MVP. Not saying, just saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying I picked out the most notable one. <laughs> right. So people would recognize but, the name of a comp pick. And, and yeah, was, but what if they do do something with a comp pick? Like you give yourself as many swings as you can get. Oh, sure. During the draft. Yeah. And that's what you need to do if you've paid your quarterback a crap ton of money. To build a team around him. You're one draft away. Ask the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. You're I'm, one great draft away from being knocking on the doorstep of the Super Bowl and only to have the league yank it out of your grasp. Hey, I'm all for having more swings. It's just when your two best swings were Malcolm Smith and Mark Lewinsky. I mean, those were your two best swings. This is why you're looking at it all wrong. <laughs> They're due. <laughs> They're, it's time. They're due. 2020 comp picks. Going to be going to be a haul. Maybe. You get one. You never know. You never know. But and you can you can't tell me you can't go out and pick up like Nick Perry. Maybe Michael Kendricks actually plays this year and they combine for 10, 12 sacks for a tenth of the money. I mean, there's there's ways to do this. It's a much easier to manufacture a pass rush than it is to manufacture good quarterback play. Oh, sure. Yeah. New England finds a way to do it every single year. And right. uh, with with rookies like Rasheem Green, Jacob Martin going into their second year and, you know, whoever they get in the draft. I, and, and now they have uh, twenty six million dollars cap space to work with. That helps out a lot to get all those third tier guys. Right. But that's what you do. That's what you do. That's exactly what the Patriots did. Every year we talk about, oh, well, the Seahawks should be more like the Patriots and not allowing Pro Bowl talent just to go out the door. I think that, you know, sometimes there is value in keeping those guys around. I think with Earl Thomas still on the team last year, I think they go a lot deeper into the playoffs had he stayed healthy. But uh, this way now you're allowing you're, you're getting some value for a Pro Bowl caliber player that maybe you weren't going to be able to sign because that amount was getting to be too high for them to be able to keep Bobby Wagner on a long term deal to, to be able to to sign Jaron Reed to a long term contract. And they just paid their quarterback, Russell Wilson. So. That was the question over these past few weeks. Would you be able to keep all four of those guys? And now we have the answer. The answer was no. Can't collect them all, all the time. But it does feel like a lesson was learned from the Sherm deal and Earl's deal, right? Yeah. Where, you know, get a little something at the very least. They got a lot more than a little something. And I mean, the big difference is, is Earl and Sherm were going into their third deals, right? Right. Whereas, you know, this is Frank's first big contract. Yeah, he's going into his prime. So, you know, you're getting out earlier, obviously. Right. But, I mean, we'll see. Only time will tell if it, it is a trade that makes sense at the end of the day. I guess it, when it's all uh, comes out in the wash here, you got to ask yourself, do you believe in John Schneider or not? Because I hear a lot of people out there, a lot of chatter about how the Seahawks haven't drafted for crap the last couple years. And I think that's an unfair rap. Was it as good as finding Hall of Famers in the you know fifth and sixth round for two straight years? No, but they found some highly productive players through the draft over the last couple of years, and it, the last year seems to be a pretty good one too. Like you know, short a penny, and that could still be a good pick. I mean, we don't know yet. Oh yeah, there's but there's plenty of time. I have a lot of faith in John Schneider. I think he's a heck of a GM. Still, somehow. <laughs> It's funny, like the longer a guy that's good at his job, like sticks around, 
I, the the tide always kind of turns on those guys. Like they're the savior for a while, and then like you know, all of a sudden now they're you know just mediocre. And then by the close to the end of it, they're the worst thing that's ever happened. And probably truth be told, is they've done pretty close to the same job the whole way through. Well, it leaves them with just one player left from that 2015 draft class with Tyler Lockett from the third round. So he worked out okay. He's worked out okay. Well, both those yeah. guys, both their top two picks from that 2015 draft. Yeah, and people act like all the other teams hit right and left on fourth, fifth, sixth rounders. <laughs> it happens all the time. Tom Brady's story is practically uh, practically the most commonplace thing in the NFL. It happens all the time. Russell Wilson. All the time. You always draft starting quarterbacks on the third round. Yeah, happens every other year. Oh, wait, you, you rarely get a starting quarterback outside of the top three of the draft? Okay. Wait, what? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And with that being said, there's only one thing left to say. Ah, go Hawks. <laughs> go Hawks. Go Hawks.